Joining me today on the podcast, Eric Little. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Texas and Oklahoma exiting the Big 12 for the SEC. Does this start a domino effect in the rest of the Power Five? Anybody who is anybody in college sports and and sports media is now saying that the Big 12 is done. There's a consolidation. It's going to be a power four. And as a result, now the the raid is on. The SEC now with Texas and Oklahoma is going to be 16 teams. So now will the rest, will the ACC, will the Big 10, will the Pac-12, will they follow suit? Will the Great Reset be the death knell for the NCAA? Joining me to chat about this is Eric Little, who you can follow on Twitter at the Eric Little, E-R-I-C, Little, like Stuart Little. Uh, you can follow him there. It's a good follow. By the way, his account, more than about sports. Okay, This man I'm bringing on right now, this dear sweet man cares about humanity. He's like uh, like Leo Biscaglia crossed with Don Nealon. Eric, welcome. Great to chat with you again. Well, thank you so much. I don't know how to follow up that introduction. That's uh... That, that's uh, I'm glad you did give the disclaimer that it's about more than sports because I, I, I touch a little bit of everything. But, but yeah, uh, happy to have happy to be on once again with you. I you know it's funny I wasn't going to add that and then I remembered I saw your your little your little flurry yesterday which we can get into later if you want if we have time. But yeah. you know why you're here, okay? Yeah. We're gonna talk about your dating troubles. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about the Mountaineers. I always felt, I think it was 2011 or 2012 when West Virginia, you know, the Big East imploded and West Virginia joined the Big 12. I always felt that was a strange fit for West Virginia. It did work out to a degree uh, for West Virginia. Now we have the situation where there may be a Big 12. There may not be a Big 12. Let's start. What do you think? Where Where's the logical spot for the Mountaineers from here? The logical spot would be if the ACC were to extend an invitation. Um, and, and I think a lot of what that has to do with, and a lot of a, a lot of why WVU fans want to go there, or a lot of WVU fans want to go there, and I'm sure there are some high-level people at the university that if you were to ask them truthfully would say they want to go there. Uh, they're a fit culturally, they're a fit geographically. Culturally meaning uh, there are a lot of rivalries already there with schools that are in the ACC because many of them were in the Big East Conference in the 90s and 2000s with WVU. They used to play trophy games with Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Pitt is, of course, a huge rival, and these are all teams that are no longer in the same conference. Non-conference, they used to play Maryland every year in the 90s, just about every year when I was growing up. WVU and Maryland played, and they're on the schedule this year, in fact. So there are built-in rivalries and, and proximity there. And that kind of gets back to the geography. Um, in the mid-2000s, when Rich Rodriguez was the head coach at WVU, uh, that's a program that went to some big bowl games. And they liked the idea of playing for national championships and playing these big bowl games. And I think when the realignment happened in 2012, as you said, uh, folks saw the writing on the wall that if you're not in one of these big conferences, you can get shut out. If you look at the American right now, the American Athletic Conference, that's the carcass of the old Big East, really. So if you stand pat and do nothing, if you're WVU, you could go there, and they're not a Pac-5 conference, and you're having the debate every year that, that Cincinnati has, which is they're good, but who have they played, and do they get 
one of the bids into the New Year's Six or anything like that. And I think we've seen what's happened with Cincinnati. Largely, those teams have been shut out of the discussion. So it wasn't a natural fit ge- geographically. Uh, you have situations still where you know, it, it's probably not doing your athletic budget any favors to send the volleyball team to Manhattan, Kansas on a Wednesday night and then have to bring them right back. Um, but at the same time, that was the fit that was going to guarantee you access to the biggest in college football. And it worked to help bolster a conference that had just lost Nebraska and Colorado. And you had a competitive conference with Texas being that linchpin. And and if you remember, it looked like the Big 12 was going to fall apart last time because Texas really could have gone anywhere. Everybody wanted Texas. And ESPN threw the Longhorn Network at them, and they had WVU to help bolster the league. It's like, okay, it's a 10 teams now, and it's had a decent run for the last decade at that. But let's be honest, there are those ge- geographic disadvantages uh, and the cultural disadvantages that WVU has. Uh, they have to go in the non-conference schedule to get any drivable away games for football fans. And, and football has a fan base that will travel, but you can't go to Stillwater and then Lubbock and then uh, Ames in, in the season. That's that, that that's a bit of a hike. So uh, this is a team. This is a fan base that would benefit from being in a better conference geographically, and uh, there are conferences that would benefit from having WVU as a member. I think the ACC being probably the top on that list. So you you bring up a, you brought up this very salient point. Okay, so obviously with the Texas OU move, football is driving the bus, right? There's just yep. so much money to be made in football. The ESPN point is a great one because when the Pac-12 was going to raid the Big 12, it was ESPN really that stepped in and put the put the stop sign up. And imagine how that would have changed the legacy of Larry Scott. You know, right. Larry Scott now couldn't get out of couldn't get out of town fast enough if he had pulled that off. And I would have gone to the Pac-16. How big it and he ended up getting Colorado and Utah, and it all ended up working out. Um, but here's what I think the unique situation is for the Mountaineers is that. When they joined the Big East in 1991, it was the leverage of their football program that allowed them to join that conference. Right. And they had a lot of leverage because the Big East depends on, you know, you go through everything's revisionist history now. But they had an opportunity to add Penn State to kind of uh, to collateral to, to collateralize their football programs. They had, you know, B.C. and Syracuse at the time. And then they added Pitt eventually. But. They go back. If we had added Penn State in 83, how things might have been different because you would have had right. that big program. I, I don't think the leverage exists now with, with, with West Virginia football, even though I think it's obviously a very legit, very good program. Um, right. And I, I didn't realize this. I, lo- I, I was reading some of these articles. I didn't realize that when West Virginia football joined the Big East, their other sports stayed in the Atlantic 10 for another three or four years. And that's yeah. the other flip of it now is, OK, football drives the bus. But you want to find the best fit for your other program. And correct me if I'm wrong here. So I'm going to throw this. I don't know if this is a hot take or what this is. But I actually think right now the best fit for all the other sports for West Virginia is definitely the ACC. I don't necessarily think that the ACC finds West Virginia to be a fit in football. I think there is some there's some legitimacy behind that, because if they did, then that invite would probably be there by now or would have been there right. by now. Right. Truth be told, uh, the the other the other take that I hear a lot that kind of makes me laugh is the ACC is going to go after West Virginia and Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not joining anybody's conference until they absolutely have to. We saw that with the pandemic last year. 
they joined the ACC for one year when they needed a lifeline. And anybody who thinks that Notre Dame is going to feel obligated to do somebody favors or repay favors, I think they're mistaken. So they don't have to do anything here unless it becomes apparent that they need to be in a conference, unless the setup is to where independents get completely shut out and we put everybody in conferences, uh, they're not joining anybody. So I think if the ACC is looking to add, maybe Notre Dame's their pie-in-the-sky goal, and then WVU's more of a fallback. Um, for what it's worth, Notre Dame's, the rest of their sports are in the ACC, and they had the same deal with the Big East back in the 90s. Uh, and, and if you're a Big East fan, it was a little bit of a raw deal because you had Notre Dame for every other sport. But then in football, they had the ability to come in and take the bowl games from the Big East. And there were years where Notre Dame uh, ended up in a bowl, like the Gator Bowl, for instance. And that mm-hmm. knocked WVU a slot down the pecking order uh, for bowls. And that I'm sure happens in the ACC all the time because that's that's where their bowl layout goes. If they don't make you know, the New Year's Six or the semifinal of the playoff, then they can draw from that ACC allotment. So, you know, say you're say you're Wake and you win nine games, and you're excited for a, a, a Florida bowl game or something like that. Well, no, you might end up down the road in Charlotte because you know the the whatever they call the Tangerine was it the Cheese It Bowl I think now in mm-hmm. Orlando. Maybe Notre Dame winds up there. You know, when you've had your dream season, your best season in a decade or whatever, uh, and, and you get bumped down the pecking order. So that's that's what WVU dealt with in the in the 90s uh, with Notre Dame kind of being an associate member. So uh, they don't they didn't seem to to do the Big East any favors then in football. And I don't see them doing the ACC any favors in football now. Here to me, this is the closing time for the ACC on Notre Dame, because. If we go to four 16-team super conferences, some of the opportunities for Notre Dame to play non, you know, outside the conference are going to dry up. And right. if I'm the ACC, I go to Notre Dame and said, listen, we will work out the TV money because obviously the NBC deal is the big albatross, right, for any conference. Yeah. But I tell them we're going to work out the TV money at some point. You guys will have a beneficial, uh, you know, situation with that. But we're going to play eight games. You know, we're only going to play eight conference games. You can still play USC and Michigan every year. You can play a service academy, and it'll still leave you an odd an odd game. And then they're already natural rivalries. You mentioned it in the ACC because you're going to get to play Boston College every year. You know, yeah. you're going to get those rivalries for Notre Dame. And they've developed rivalries over the years. Just the partnership with the ACC now, you know, Miami, Virginia, and these other schools that play Notre Dame. So I think if I'm the ACC, this, you, you know, it's the old line from uh, – it's the old line from what's the Giovanni Ribisi movie uh, with Ben Affleck about the traitors. Uh, you know, when Ben Affleck says, hey, when they start asking buy-in questions, you got to take that sale down, right? Spoiler <laughs> room. Spoiler room. Okay. And that's where I think the ACC is. So let me – I'm going to give you my scenario is I think the priority for the ACC is you lock down Notre Dame as your official 15th member – and the 16th member, it turns out to be the buyer's market, right? And I wonder, I, I, I mean, no, no disrespect, obviously, to West Virginia, but I would seriously reach out to Connecticut because that brings the New York market to the ACC. I mean, they got Syracuse already, but, you know, the right. real, you know, that, that gives you another, another angle. Now, the other option is, and I don't know how West Virginia feel, would feel about this. That's why I've got you here. Notre Dame says no. So I go to the Mountaineers and I say, here's the deal. We'd like you as a football-only partner. You know, which kind of flips what we just talked about, because right. I believe, like you do, 
that the Olympic sports are a better fit for ACC right now than than Virginia football is. But would West Virginia consider that scenario and try to find another place? Maybe you park your Olympic program to the American Conference and play football in the ACC. I think there's a lot to consider, uh, notably men's basketball and women's basketball, because these right. are these are programs that go into the NCAA tournament every year. And with men's basketball, you've got a legendary coach like Bob Huggins right. who is going to have some say-so in this. So the men's basketball program is going to be a lot bigger factor than it would be in maybe another and maybe a lot of other scenarios like this. Uh, women's basketball, again, a perennial NCAA team. But then you look at soccer. Uh, men's soccer uh, this year defeated Marshall, the national champion. Uh, right. Women's soccer within the last five years has played for a national championship themselves. Uh, and right now, our men's soccer team is, is parked in the MAC because they don't have Big 12 men's soccer. And they're eventually right. going to go to Conference USA here I believe, next season if that if things stay intact as they are. So um, they're, they're already uh, working to consider things like that where you've got programs that, that have a fighting chance at these Olympic sports to, to make an impact. Uh, baseball's another one that's emerging at WVU. Uh, that's a team that's trying the program is trying to get to where they contend to be in the NCAA tournament every year. They hosted a, they hosted a regional, I want to say two years ago, in 2019. So uh, that's emerging as well at WVU. Uh, and that, really, you look at those sports, that is nicely in the pocket of what the ACC does. I think just for convenience sake, I think there are a lot of people who don't want to go back to that early to mid-90s model where you've got football in the Big East and then everything else you're dealing with the Atlantic 10. So I think for ease of, of just your everyday dealings as an athletic department, you'd probably rather deal with one. But I, I think they would be open to any possibility, as you said, uh, whatever takes care of football and then doesn't leave everybody else in the lurch. I think there's something worth exploring there. I will say this, unlike last time when it seemed like um, media markets were helping be, be, a, be a factor that it kind of decided a lot of things. I think it really is going to come down to who plays competitively in the most sports and who consistently has good programs in the sports where they make money. I think that's going to have a little bit more weight than it did last time. Is there any possibility, is there a scenario that you have read where the Big 12 decides to forge on even without Texas or Oklahoma? Well, I know that they're they're looking to uh, maybe merge or have some kind of a, I, I guess you would call it, agreement with a Pac-12, right. you know, to where maybe you play a couple cross-conference matchups a year in football and basketball, maybe do one. You call it a super conference, so you put the left the, the leftovers, the Big 12, in with a Pac-12, and uh, and technically you've already got a network. You can get some carriage of the big of the Pac-12 network. Uh, back east, and I know carrots in the Pac-12 network has been an issue. It's a huge uh, issue. It's been the issue, really. It, it probably. I can walk. I can walk to Poly Pavilion from my apartment, Eric, but I can't get the Pac-12 network because I'm a Direct TV uh, subscriber. Yeah. Right, I and mean, that's and that's kind of the way it's gone for the Pac-12 network in in every and not just Los Angeles, but every Pac-12 market that's out there. And I know a lot of the model of that was based on regional coverage and regionalizing the Pac-12 network. So. Anything they could do to get more subscribers would, would probably be something they would be open to. Uh, but WVU fans have heard a lot of this kind of stuff before. Um, 
we've been, this is not our first song and dance with conference right. realignment. Uh, I was in school when the Big East was rated the first time, when Boston College, Virginia Tech, and Miami left for the for the ACC. And back then, there were good options to plug those holes. I mean, that's when the Big East went out and got Louisville. They got UConn as a full member because they weren't a, a, a football-playing member at that time. They were just coming up from FCS to play big-time football. Uh, they got South Florida, uh, a program that was really an emerging program in a lot of sports, and that proved to be a good fit. And, and it got that conference in Florida. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it got the Big East Conference in Florida at the time. Uh, Cincinnati uh, came on. So uh, at that time, there were options that you could use to kind of bandage that up and, and still create a viable product. And, and there were some natural rivalries built in there, too, uh, and ones that developed. But eventually, uh, those that did not look to keep building were the ones that people were the ones that the vultures would pick from. And I think is to come back to a point you were making. That's why it behooves any conference that's in the position to pick teams up and get to, to 16 or 14 if you're the Big Ten. Even uh, if you can, if there are good programs on the table for you to go and, and go to try to to. to snatch away for your conference, then I think this is the time. Those who do, those who stand pat and do nothing are going to be left in the dust. I mean, you know, and again, like we said, we both hear on the same things. I know that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 commissioners met either yesterday or the day before, kind of talked about that interlocking, you know, situation. But the way I look at it is, so the SEC is set, right? They're at 16 already with Texas and OU. And is that going to happen next year? Is that going to happen in 2025? We, you know, we don't know yet. I think the invitation is for 2025. But if the Big 12 goes bye-bye, we could see that as early as, as, as next year. I don't see the Big 12 sticking with a lame duck Texas and a lame duck Oklahoma right. for four years. Right. That would be like telling your wife or your girlfriend, hey, you know, in 2025, I will be moving out of this house and we will be breaking up. There's some fractious feelings there. Um, you, you sound like a man who's experienced that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not, not at that level and not that kind of setup. But I just don't see this marriage sticking through for another four years when right. all this is on the table. Um not to mention the fact that the SEC would probably like to accelerate some of this stuff a little sooner, and ESPN would like to accelerate some of this stuff a little yes. sooner because it adds value to a league that they have bought into very heavily. We haven't bought that up, but you know, the initial when the news broke, both Texas and OU said, "No, no, no, that's not happening." And then, of course, a day later, everybody knew. I mean, everybody right. knew. Um, and then now ESPN. They've issued a statement that, no, we have been involved, which means you know they have. You know, nobody ever issues a statement to say, oh, we were not involved in this. Um, of right. course, listen, and, and I get it. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to take one side or the other. The SEC makes a lot of money, you know, yeah. and, 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 and why wouldn't ESPN want to be in on that? Although they're the ones paying the money, but it's, it's the cachet, right, of having that premier game and having access to those premier teams. So why wouldn't you do it? Did you read anything about potentially Clemson and Florida State wanting to be in the SEC? Did you see that I've at seen, all? I've seen models that had the SEC going to as many as 22 teams. Okay. Uh, I, I, I've seen, you know, and, and what, what that incorporates is you go out and you get Texas Tech you go out and you get Clemson, WVU, even in that model, ha has become part of that discussion. Um, and so you go out and get Clemson, Florida State, WVU, Texas Tech, 
And if you do that, you get to 20, and then you can almost make four divisions of five teams each. There but what's go. interesting what's interesting to me in some of those models is you would have an SEC West division. It's Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Arkansas, and, and maybe one other school. And I look at that, I'm like, that's the Southwest Conference. Yeah, that's the old SWC. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. That, that, that's it's right back, in a lot of cases, to where we were. Um, Get so, John so, Concack on the phone, Eric. <laughs> and take the, oh, I mean, shoot. Now, now the Big 12 would be down to eight schools, so just call them the Big 8. You got the Big 8 and the SWC back again. And, you know, every, everyone's kind of sort of happy. But I feel like the bigger you get, you're going to have to break those conferences down into divisions. And then at what point do you still really have that brand of the SEC? Now, if you're not playing okay. Bama or Auburn or Florida or LSU or, you know, shoot, any of those quintessential SEC schools on a regular basis, then are you really still playing SEC football? I mean, you just slap a logo on the field and, and call it whatever, and I'm sure that would put the value of the, of the money you know, way high, but at what point does it cease to become SEC football, really? The, the scenario that's being floated, for the most part, is the four 16-team you know, instead of the Power Five, we're going to go to four 16-team conferences, and who's you know, it's 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 uh, musical chairs like in elementary school, right? Who's going to be left yeah. standing? And you know, I think for the Big Ten, it's fairly logical. You go get Kansas, you go get Iowa State, and that's your 16th, right? Yep. And so yep. right now, the SEC is at with Texas and OU, they're at 16. Um, and then you know, the question is the ACC. Now, for the Pac-12, um, I think what I would do if the, if there's fallout with the Big 12, I go get Oklahoma State, I go get Texas Tech. Because you kind of pair them. And the two schools I want to go to the Pac-16, I'd want Boise State and BYU. Because BYU gets you the, the, the stand in in, 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 um, in Utah. And then yeah. Boise State is good enough at football to enhance that product. And they'll get better, you know, they'll have to get better at other sports. Because geographically, right. that's a way better fit for them. Now, I'm wondering also whether how the Mountain West plays this. Seeing, you know, kind of sitting out looking. You know, particularly if they lose Boise State, how they would go about it. But they're not a... You know, they're not in that power power five thing. So right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to let you go with this. So I'm going to make you the athletic director of uh, West Virginia. Okay. So what is your plan going forward? So give me your three priorities. What are your, you know, your boosters come to you and they're all in a tizzy. What do you tell them to calm them down? I remind them of the athletic and academic success at West Virginia. And this is where the real WVU athletic director made a bold and a genius move. His statement um, did not step away from the Big 12. It did not really come off as disloyal. Uh, he, he said, you know, the whole we remain loyal to our partners and committed to being our, in, in this conference. Uh, we've also had runs down the list of accomplishments. And then it finished with something like, we continue to survey the changing landscape of college sports and we'll do our best to position our brand you know, as best we can in that. I mean, that was a masterstroke of a statement from WB Athletic Director Shane Lyons. So what I do is I try to reassure my big money people, hey, you know, we're definitely a part of the discussion. And I think that's where WVU as a Big 12 member versus WVU as a Big East member back in the day, um, I think we're, uh, I think WVU is a lot more firmly positioned this time around a conference realignment because there is a considerable resume of, of Rhodes Scholars, Goldwater Scholars, uh, research money coming in uh, for different programs on the academic side. And then you look at the athletic side, the big bowl games, NCAA tournaments, 
uh, a commitment to facilities, money that has been spent in Morgantown in the last decade to continue to upgrade the facilities that are there. Uh, I think you continue to remind people of those things, and, and most notably your people. I need to coalesce them around the fact that, hey, we got this. Second, uh, I think you you stay open to all possibilities, and, and you stay open to the, the ones that are going to keep to keep you playing sports at the caliber which you would like to keep playing them. Because it's a money thing. Uh, there's yeah. talk about the American going out and maybe uh, scooping up the rest of the Big 12. Well, that's fine. The American has been an above-average league as far as quality of play goes, but the money's just not there. They're not at that P5 level. You know, so if they go out and they get the remaining eight schools, or maybe it's seven if, if Kansas, and, or maybe six if Kansas and Iowa State leave, is there still enough money left in that product to make what you'd be making the Big 12? I mean, it, it's it, it's going to come down to dollars and cents. And it, it, it's is nice, but you, you've got to be able to continue to bring in the money um, to pay the people that are running your athletic department and to continue to keep your athletic department running at the caliber that it's been running. Because there is a point where it comes down to jobs, people in the athletic department uh, that, that you've come used to having, you might have to downsize. And no, that's that, that's not the option you would want to have. And then finally, I think I would highlight the success of my ancillary programs and my athletic department as a whole. Because while football is driving the bus, there are programs at WVU that are making national headlines and national attention. You look at social media engagement, you look at merchandise sales, and, and that's a total brand thing. And from those standpoints, WVU looks good. And from the standpoints of where you are with other key Olympic sports that are now gaining traction and emerging, we talked about baseball earlier. We talked about the soccers, and WVU's played well in both those sports in the last five, ten years. I think you sell that and you promote that as much as you can to your fan base, but also, most importantly, to other conferences. If the ACC isn't interested, which, you know, I think there should, as I said, it's about 50-50, right? I think there are reasons they should and there are reasons there shouldn't. And it has nothing to do with West Virginia, right? It more has how their politics are working internally. But I've always believed that you go somewhere where you're wanted, it can can really help, you know. Um, The SEC is not interested. What what do you target if you're the Mountaineers? That's a great question. Um, I think if you want to go for another big conference – uh, you see if the SEC is willing to give you a phone call and willing to go up to 20 or 22. Uh, it would be a little bit before they could compete in football with some of the LSUs and the Alabamas because, again, recruiting there, it, 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 it's a war because you're coming down to uh, guys on Saban's third string that could probably start at, let's say, 75% of other D1 schools. They win with depth. And they do it every year. And you know, they've built that kind of a brand where people want to go to, to Alabama. So that was the big issue for WV going to the Big 12. So starting 22 in football, they could be with anybody in the Big 12. But they had trouble with the depth in the first few years of that conference, and football especially, building the kind of depth you needed to be good in the Big 12. And then you advance that when you're playing nine SEC games a year. That's only going to exacerbate that issue. So you're just going to have to keep following that every year. But I think if you want to be in a relevant conference nationally, you have to go SEC. But then beyond that, um, 
I think your best option is trying to bolster the American and see if you can't pluck somebody else, you know, maybe take someone else out of the ACC or take someone and, and like, look, we can, if we get you and you and you, and we come into what's there at the, the American, let's build this up into something. And then maybe you go back to ESPN with that and you get more money out of that. Another program, another conference that I think had a really interesting 2020 in football is the Sunbelt because the Sunbelt – got a lot of prime television slots in September when a lot of other conferences weren't playing. And they play good football. People forget this. Uh, They used to forget this. They don't now. Uh, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana is one of the more um, anticipated matchups on the schedule. Uh, Look how good Coastal and BYU was. And that was a well-received game. And that got attention all over the place. So there are three or four name brand programs in that conference. There's programs that are in big cities. I'm not saying I would like to see WVU take that step and, and, and be the Florida State to the old Seven Dwarves that used to be the ACC and do that over the Sun Belt. But like you said, if you if it ends up being going where you're wanted, maybe that's what takes a conference like that. Maybe you be the team or the program that elevates a conference to the next level. I mean, beyond that, ACC and the SEC, the options are are, are not all that strong. Um, a lot of the reports say the Big 12, the Big 10 has already said no. So, and that would be the other natural G. Now that the Big 10 has expanded into Maryland and, and Rutgers. Yes. WV would be firmly in the middle of that footprint as opposed to, you know, maybe 10 years ago, they're kind of on the periphery. So uh, that conference doesn't seem to be interested. Um, maybe you go back and beg them if, if, if the ACC uh, says no. I, I don't know. And then there is the off chance that the Big 12 finds a way to stick together. I mean, it's, we've seen stranger things happen. Um, yeah. Somebody comes up and wields enough influence and, and, and wants it badly enough, it can happen, even at the seemingly 11th hour. So uh, there's a lot of, lot of chips still on the table. And I think everyone's trying to hold their cards close to the desk right now because they don't want to commit too much one way or the other. But lots could still happen. I mean, hey, if I'm the Sun Belt, I, I go aggressively after West Virginia. I say, hey, say, you know, I tell them what the ACC is telling Notre Dame, right? We play eight yep. games. You still play Pitt every year. You still play Vatek every year. You can still get a national opponent. You know, you want to go play Ohio State, and then you know, you're, we're we're gonna we're gonna raise the level of our of our programs. And they're you're right, they've been good. You know, we've been seeing there's an ascension for some of those programs in that conference. I do think they will fall somewhere. I mean, I think there's a place somewhere in that top 64. I mean, the right. idea that they get left out is, is, you know, again, like I said, it would have nothing to do with Morgantown or West Virginia or the, you know, their program. It would have to do is what are the politics? You know, who doesn't want who in what conference, right? Like, right. like another team I'm right. looking at is before we go, I mean, I'm looking at Baylor, right? They just won the national championship in basketball. Yep. They've been a couple of years ago. They were, they were going to New Year's Day balls in football. And there's really not a natural fit for them. I mean, there, well, there is and there isn't, right? There, there's there's geographically and competitive wise, obviously they're a fit anywhere. But yeah. from a political standpoint, I mean, does the Pac-12 add Baylor? You know, does the Big Ten? You know, Big Ten or you know. Uh, so the interesting thing for me with Baylor is, if I'm the Mountain West, I'm like, hey, if we can add Baylor, if we can add Dallas, the Dallas market with uh, with TCU, and if we can add Kansas State, 
that might benefit if they lose Boise State, for example. That's a benefit right. to them because they can expand that footprint now into the Southwest. And for Baylor, does it hurt you that you've had major scandals in big sports in the last 20 years, looking yeah. at men's basketball and now looking at football? Uh, right. And that's where that might be uh, might be a situation that becomes troublesome to them and make them unpalatable to people. It would be like Gordon Bombay trying to go back in a law firm. Well, you know, you're talented, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> are, are you radioactive? Uh, Eric, as I said, always great chatting with you. I know you're a busy man. You have an event to go to today, but thanks for carving out a, a, a 30 minutes for us. We appreciate it. Hey, glad to be with you once again. It's, a, it's my pleasure. Almost heaven. West Virginia's favorite son, Eric Little, joins us to talk a little bit about realignment in West Virginia. We will speak again soon, sir. Thank you very much. Almost heaven. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain.